wrap up the series today, The Road, by looking and at a talk today, The Road to Worry, The Road to, wor- to, to Worry. If you have your Bibles, turn them, turn them to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34 for the entire message, and we're going to unpack these scriptures and get a better grip on the issue of worry and how to overcome worry in our own lives the scripture says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, Jesus says, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? The old English word for worry means to choke or to strangle And that's exactly what worry does. It chokes the happiness out of us. It chokes the joy out of us. It chokes the peace out of us. It chokes the contentment out of us. It chokes the abundant life that God intended for us right out of us. And the very first thing Jesus tells us about worry is not to do it. And please understand that Jesus wasn't giving us a suggestion. He was giving us a command. Jesus says, don't worry. Don't do it. And and many of us would push back and say, what do you mean, Jesus? I mean, if you knew what I was going through, you wouldn't say that. Don't, Don't worry. I mean, God, what about the economy? Jesus says, don't worry. Well, what about my job? Don't worry. Well, what, what about my kids? Don't worry. Well, what about the spouse that I'm praying for? Don't. Don't worry. Well, what, what about my marriage? He says, don't worry. Well, what about the house? What about the car? Don't worry. Well, what about the stock market and my retirement? Don't worry. Why would Jesus command you and I, as his followers, not to worry? How could he say that so boldly? What I want to do for the next few moments is give you five reasons not to worry from the Bible. Five reasons not to worry. And we're going to walk verse by verse and look at these five reasons not to worry. Number one is this. Worry isn't reasonable. Worry isn't reasonable. Look back in Matthew 6 and verse 25. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. Jesus says, don't worry about your food. Don't worry about your appetite, your thirst. Don't worry about that. He says, or or worry or or about your body or or your health. Don't worry about that. He says, don't worry about what you will wear or, or your clothes. He says, "Is not." listen to this question. Is not life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes. Jesus realizes that many of us, we worry about material things. We, 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 we worry about possessions. And he reminds you and I that life is more important than food. Life is more important than possessions. Life is more important than the clothes we wear. What does it matter? What does it matter if we wear designer jeans and eat gourmet food if we have no peace of mind? And we can get so caught up, you and I, we can get so caught up in the externals that we take our eyes off those things that are eternal. 
Because we're so wrapped up in, in life and, and, and money and, and cars and, and clothes, and, and we miss the important point that life is so much more than these things. I mean, when you, you and I, when we really think about it, worrying, it isn't rational or reasonable. Think about that. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not reasonable. It's not rational. If we worry about something that you, you can't change, it's useless. You, you can't change it anyways. I'm worried about the economy, but what you going to do about it? it it's, it's, it's useless. And if we worry about something we can change, we're goofy. Just look at your neighbor and say, I knew you was a little goofy. Come on, just tell me, yeah, you're goofy. Because if you can change it, well, just change it. Don't worry about it. If you can change it, just go ahead and change it and quit worrying about it. Either way you look at it, worry isn't rational or reasonable. So Jesus says, hey, check it out, guys. Don't do it. Don't worry. It's not reasonable. There's a second reason not to worry. Number two is this. Worry isn't natural. Look with me in the very next verse, Matthew 6 and verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Think about this. Jesus says, look at the birds. And when you and I look at the birds, if there's anybody that should worry, it should be those little bitty birds. I mean, think about the birds. Birds don't sow. They, they, don't, they don't reap. Birds don't have refrigerators. They don't have freezers to store away food. They don't have barns to store away food. And yet birds don't worry. All little bitty birds do is eat, fly around, and make a bunch of noise. Cheep, 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 cheep. I mean, that's all they do. And they don't even worry. Because, listen, God takes care of the little birds. The fact of the matter is this. Birds don't worry. Dogs don't worry. Cats don't worry. An animals don't worry. Plants don't worry. They ought to when it's 105 degrees, but they don't. My plant's dying, but they're not worried. They're not worried. They don't worry. The only thing in all of God's creation that worries is human beings. We're the only thing in all God's creation. Everything else in all of God's creation just trusts God to take care of them. Friends, listen, worry isn't natural. We weren't born worrying, and we're not supposed to go through life being a worry wart. You see, friends, worry is something you and I learn. Did you realize that? We, we learn how to worry. We have to work at worrying. We have to practice to get good at worrying. Some of you getting a lot of practice in. You're becoming an expert. You might have to write a book because you are a worry wart, and it's not natural. Our bodies weren't designed to handle the stress of worry. That's why when you and I worry, have you noticed this? When you and I worry, our body reacts real funny. We get headaches. When, 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 we, when we worry, we get health problems, we get back aches, we get stomach aches, we get neck aches, we get insomnia, we can't sleep because we were not designed to worry. Worry isn't natural. So Jesus says, Jesus, listen, 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 gang, listen, listen. Don't do it. Don't worry. It's not natural. There's a, a third thing that I want you to notice. The third reason not to worry is this. Worry isn't helpful isn't helpful. Matthew chapter 6 
And verse 27 says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? I mean, that is a scripture that we could spend five minutes just meditating on. There's just so much truth there. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? All Jesus is communicating is worry doesn't help anything. It's, it's useless. It's, it's pointless. Worrying can't make you taller. It can't make you shorter. It, it, it can't, it, it, listen, worrier can't make you prettier. How many of y'all want to be pretty? Uh, I know you, you've been having surgeries. I know you want to be pretty. Huh? Worry can't, worry can't make you prettier. Worry can't lengthen your life. In fact, worry does the exact opposite. It shortens your life. Worry never moves us one inch closer to the solution. In fact, if you think about worry, it's a lot like a rocking chair. You've got a lot of activity, but you don't have any progress. Back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. And no results at all. And that's exactly what worry is like. Worry can't change the past. When you worry, it will not control the future. The only thing that worry changes is us. <laughs> That's it. When we worry, it's not changing the past. It's not changing the future. It's just changing us. You say, what does worry do to us? It makes us miserable. Worry robs us. It chokes out the peace of God, the joy of God. It, it, when you and I just worry, listen, it, it, it's choking out the abundant life, the happiness that God intended for you and I to have. Listen, worry is not helpful. It doesn't change anything around you except for you. Number four, number four, the, the fourth reason not to worry is worry isn't necessary. It isn't necessary. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 28 through 30 says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Friends, worry isn't necessary because God, our heavenly Father, has promised to take care of us if we will only look to Him to meet our needs. You see, all worry is is a misunderstanding of the nature of God. It's a misunderstanding of what God is like. That's why Jesus says this. Notice what He says in verse number 30. He says, will He not much more clothe you? Here's the key, church. We have to learn to trust God's character. Listen, God loves you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to meet your needs. And some of us, we, we worry because we have a misunderstanding of the character of God. And I want you to hear me today. God loves you. God loves you more than you love yourself. God loves your family more than you love your family. God cares about you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to meet your needs. And when you and I try to take matters into our own hands, it's not necessary. There's a heavenly father who looks down on us 
And he says, I want to provide, I want to provide for you. I want to take care of you. You don't need to worry. You need to trust your heavenly father. Number five is this. There's a fifth reason not to worry. Number five, worry isn't for Christians. It isn't for Christians. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and 32. He says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Notice what he says in verse 32. For the pagans, those who are unchurched, those who are non-believers, run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. You know what God says? I love this. I mean, it's kind of like Jesus having a little sense of humor right here. He says basically this. God's no dummy. I mean, God knows what you need. He says, why, why, why do you go around worrying like the pagans? Why, why are you acting like somebody who doesn't even believe in God? Worry isn't for Christians. You see, non-believers have a right to worry because they're going through life trying to take matters into their own hands. You know what worry is when you and I worry? You know all it is, is we're playing God. We're, we're, we're trying to, 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 to take matters into our own hands, and we're trying to take, take responsibilities into our own hands that God never intended for us to take. That's what we do. Like our future and our family and the economy. And what about five years from now? And we're trying, listen, God never wanted us to have that kind of pressure and responsibility on us. And when you and I do that, we're acting like people who don't know the Lord. And if you're here and you don't know the Lord, man, I want you to know there's a God in heaven that really loves you. And we're so glad to have you at this church. And I want you to know, man, there's a God that you can trust in and that you can depend in and that you can give your life to. And he wants to provide for you and he cares for you. And for all the believers, listen, worry is not for Christians. We're supposed to lean on our heavenly father who loves us and wants to provide for us. Here's how I want to wrap up this message today. I want to wrap up by being very practical I want to wrap up with some how-tos. How do I apply this to my life? Okay, Herbert, I get what you just said. You gave me reasons not to worry. How do I go live this thing out? How do I stop worrying? What, what are some solutions? What are some answers? So I want to wrap this up by giving you three steps to win over worry. Three steps to win over worry. Here's some application for us to apply to our lives, to conquer and to win over worry. Number one is this. Put God first. Put God first. Notice the very next verse, Matthew 6, verse 33. Now, now we quote this scripture a lot in, in, in churches, but the context of this scripture is, is don't worry. Don't worry about food. Don't worry about clothes. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about your future. Don't, 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 don't worry. That's the context of this scripture. And Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Notice this, the first step to winning over worry is to put God first in every area of our lives. You see, friends, hear me today. Worry is a strong indication that we're not putting God first in our lives, that we're not seeking first the kingdom of God. And Jesus simply says this, there comes a time in all of our lives that we have to answer the number one question in life. And the number one question in life is simply this, is who or what is first in your life? Who or what is controlling your life? And Jesus says, listen, if you want to win over worry, you've got to put 
me first in every area of your life. And if you don't put me first, the consequences of that is you're going to worry. And you're going to have undue stress and undue pressure, undue health problems because you're worrying instead of trusting me and putting me first. I mean, I want you to think about it today. If you are worrying today and you're a worry wart and you've been worrying about life, I want you to think about this because it's true. Think about the area of your life that you've been worrying and that area of your life you have not been putting God first. And the question is why? Maybe it's in a dating relationship and you, you want to get married. And, and Lord, I've been waiting. Lord, I'm now 18 years old. Jesus, please, please. And you want to get married. And, and so now you're taking matters. You plan God. And you're trying to rush God. And now you're doing missionary dating. You, you know, Lord, uh, Lord, he's not a Christian, but he's cute. Amen, Jesus. I'll get him saved when I marry him. No, you're not. No, no, you're not. Well, we move in together, and then we'll work things out. No, you, and, you try, you, and you start to take matters into your own hands instead of putting God first. Maybe it's in your marriage, and you've been hateful, and you've been mean, and you're trying to get your way, so you're going to talk back and talk bad and be mean and be hateful, and I'm going to tell you what I think, and you better hush up, and, you, and, you, and you're taking matters into your own hands. And instead of doing things by biblical principle, I say, God, I'm going to put you first in this marriage. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to obey your word. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to love. I'm going to be a peacemaker. And I'm going to let you take care of this. And you take matters into your own hands. All you do is worry and stress out because you're trying to play God. Maybe it's with your kids and you're trying to control them and, and you're trying to manipulate them and you're trying to, and you're trying to do all of these instead of saying, God, you know what? I, I, I'm going to follow your word. I'm going to follow biblical principles. I'm going to train my kids in the fear. I'm going to follow your word and I'm going to trust you with my kids. I'm going to put you first. Knowing that you're going to work things out. Maybe it's with your job, and you're trying to climb the corporate ladder. You're trying to get the promotion. You're, you're trying to get a new job, and you're, you're lying, and you're manipulating, and you're, you're stealing. You're talking bad about folks. You, you, you don't have any integrity. Because and, and you're trying to take matters. You're trying to play God and take matters into you. And God says, listen, listen, no need. Put me first. And I'll work out that area. Maybe it's in your finances. You're looking at the economy and the stock market, and you're trying to take matters into your own hand. You're not trusting God. You're not returning the tithe. I'm saying, God, I'm putting you first, God. I'm putting you first. You, you, you're not living by, by a budget. You're spending more than you make. And, and, and you're, you know what that is? You're trying to take matters into your own hands. You're trying to play God instead of saying, God, you know what? I'm going to put you first. And God says, listen, here's the deal. You put me first. No need to worry. All these other things that you're worried about, I'm going to provide them for you. If you will just put me first. Number two is this. Number two is this. There's a second step to winning over worry. Live one day at a time. Live one day at a time. Notice the next verse, Matthew 6, verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus is simply saying, don't open your umbrella before it starts raining. Don't, don't start worrying before you get there. Don't cross the bridge until you get to it. All worry does is pull tomorrow's clouds over today's sunshine. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. When you worry about tomorrow's problems, you miss out on today's blessings. 
you get so caught up in what's going to happen tomorrow that you can't enjoy today. And friends, that's not how God intended for us to live. That doesn't mean, please hear me, that doesn't mean that we don't plan for the future. We should plan for tomorrow. The Bible talks about planning ahead. But the key is this, plan for tomorrow, but live for today. And so many of us plan for next year and live in next week. And we worry. I want to be transparent with you because this point right here, it just kicks me and hits me right between the eyes. Because this is where I struggle on this point here. Because you know how it is with your greatest strengths, they're oftentimes also your greatest weaknesses. And one of my greatest strengths is I, I plan ahead. I like to plan ahead. I like to be ahead. I, I got most of, uh, really all the series that I'm going to teach for the rest of this year. They're planned out. I'm working on next year. And I, I plan, my wife, she tell you, I, I plan on vac- our vacations a year in advance. I can tell you where I'm going to be gone next year. I'm not going to promote it, but I'll tell, I can tell you when. Because I, I plan, I plan ahead. And, and also with planning ahead, here's what I do because I plan ahead, is I'm a worst case scenario thinker. Anybody else like that? I mean, I just think, I just naturally think that way. I think, now what if this happens? And if I, if I do this, that won't happen. And if I do this, now what if that? And I'm a worse, I'm, I'm a worse case. Now, I don't solve any problems by doing that. But I, I just naturally, and, and now that can be a good thing at times. It keeps us in the right track. It keeps us from problems. I, I'm thinking ahead. But it also can create a lot of worry in my life and a lot of stress in my life. And you know what I'm learning as I read the scriptures, I study God's word. Herbert, Herbert, you can plan for tomorrow, but you got to live in today. And I say that to you. If you're worrying about tomorrow and your future and when I retire in 25 years and what's going to happen next month, I don't know about the car. Listen, you, you can't change it. I can't change it. And it's going to rob you of today's joy and enjoying God's life. God's blessings and your life today. And Jesus says, listen, 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 listen. When it comes to this thing called worry, live in today. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Number three, number three. There's a a third step to win over worry. Trust God. Trust God. Here's Here's what the Scripture says back in verse number 30. It says, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Now notice this. Will he not much more clothe you? Now catch these next five words. O you of little faith. In other words, you're not trusting me. And when Christians worry, we really don't trust God. And I think it's amazing how you and I, we can trust God with our eternal salvation, but we can't trust him with our daily life. (laughs) We can trust him that our our, our eternity is secure in heaven, but we can't trust him with the decisions that we make on a daily basis. And friends, here's here's what you have to understand about, about worry. And whenever there's worry, trust and worry can't coincide together. They can't live together. Worry and trust can't live in the same home. You and I can't say that we're trusting God when we're worrying because worry and trust, they don't coincide together. They don't live together in the same home. As soon as worry comes through the front door, trust goes out the back door because they can't coincide together. And God says, listen, trust me. Trust me. 
I care about you. Herbert, I, I care about you. You think I don't care about people's church and your wife and your four kids more than, more than you do? I mean, come on, Herbert. You don't think I care about people's eternities more than you do? I mean, you don't think God cares about your life and your, more than you? He cares. Just try, oh, you of little faith that you won't trust me with your daily life, but you'll trust me with your eternity. Oh, God, help us to trust you. It's like having an, getting insurance, and I'm insured to the hilt, man. House is insured, and you know what I like to know on an insurance policy? I want to know what's covered. What's covered? You know, I got my house. I wanted to make sure when I got my house insurance, because of Oklahoma and where we live, I want to make sure that I had complete replacement. If my house blows down, it's going to be replaced, completely replaced. And that's, you know what? I relax because of that. I, I take it. I take it easy. I think about having life insurance for my family. I, I got life insurance for my family, and I'm, I'm worth more to Tiffany dead than I am alive. That's why I'm nice to her. Amen, Lord. She, but I take a brother out. Amen. I'll be a millionaire in a minute, brother. You keep messing with me. Amen. <laughs> Uh, I'm just playing. She's not going to do that. Amen. She's not going to do that. I got a great wife. But, but, you know, there's great comfort to me knowing that my family would be provided for if something happened to me. And I just rest assured. Rest assured. And you know what God says? God says, listen, 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 listen. I made a covenant with you. I've given you a contract. It's called the Bible. And God says, in this contract, this is what you can hold me to. This is what is concluded in the contract. You can look in the contract and God says, yes, yes, I've talked about what I'm going to do with your future. I've talked about your past, what's, going, what's covered about your past. I've talked about your presence and what, I, what I'm going to cover in your present. God says, listen, listen, you listen, listen. You can trust me. I've I, I talked about what I'd do with your family and your marriage, with your kids. I've talked about what I would do in your finances. I've talked about what I would do with your job. God says, listen, listen, listen. I covered all of that right here. And when you know that God has covered it in the contract, just like you do with your life insurance and your house, you ought to just take it easy and say, it's covered. It's, it's covered. God has got me covered. And God says, God says in the contract, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And all these other things, all these other things will be provided for you as well. It's in the contract. Relax. Lord, thanks for your word and your presence. Thank you for helping us today.